0: Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
2: John Bennett, Gary Cooper, Francis Langford, and Edward Arnold.
3: Hi, Bud. Yes, what is it? Ain't you forgetting somebody important? Oh. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, and also Fippa McGee and Molly.
4: <laughs> okay, McGee, you can take that gun out of his ribs now. The Gulf Screen
0: Girl Theater. <laughs> host, the director of the star's own theater, Roger
5: Pryor. Good evening, everyone. Your neighborhood good Gulf dealer and the Gulf Oil Companies welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Tonight, our stage is graced by a truly great Gulf Theater cast. Six of your favorite stars, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gary Cooper, Joan Bennett, Edward Arnold, and Francis Langford a cast that only this program, the star's own program, can bring you. You'll hear them all in an original story by Sam Perrin, Don Quinn, and Leonard Levinson, and we think it's one of the funniest comedies we've ever presented. Our music, of course, will be furnished by Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra, with Frank Tours conducting. Because we have such a large cast tonight, it'll be a few seconds before we get things all lined up and ready to go. So, while we're waiting, I'd like to speak in the interest of 35,000 friends of yours. They're your neighborhood good golf dealers. I'm speaking to you in their behalf about the services they're ready to render when you come into their stations. These services involve much more than just filling your tank with gasoline. They include courtesy services, such as wiping your windshield, checking your tires, giving road information, checking your oil level, your radiator, wiping off the lights, and many other things. Gulf dealers render these services with a smile because they know such cheerful services are a part of their business. They also try to be good housekeepers by maintaining attractive stations with clean facilities, which make your stop at a Gulf station a real pleasure. So stop at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc. Get Gulf No-Knox gasoline, Gulf Pride oil, and some of that good Gulf service. Our cast for tonight is just entering the Gulf Theater stage. The audience greets them with a tremendous burst of applause. There's Molly with Fibber McGee and Francis Langford, Gary Cooper with Joan Bennett and Edward Arnold, all stepping to the various microphones. And now, the house lights fade and the show is on. Opens in a small back room of a small hotel in Hollywood. We find two people who have taken the late Horace Greeley's advice late and come west. Object? Movie contracts. People? Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs>
4: getting the movies this way, dearie.
3: What you mean, Molly?
4: Well, how can we impress any movie big shots living in a dinky little hotel room like this? Wouldn't the clerk give you a better room?
3: I didn't ask for this. The guy asked me if we wanted cross-ventilation, and I says no. We don't want any unpleasantness of any kind.
4: <laughs> well, if you've made any progress toward getting our name in lights, you've kept it dark for me. Oh, I
3: wouldn't say that. I got a letter of introduction. Whom to? Edward Arnold, president of the Screen Actors Guild. That's to whom...
4: Not really. Who wrote it? I did. <laughs> well, at least we'll be highly recommended. But for goodness' sakes, let's use it. The only concrete thing we've done so far is look at the footprints in the cement over the Chinese theater.
3: <laughs> well, I would have taken you inside, but we don't understand Chinese. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> don't you get it, Molly? I said. Ain't
4: we'd... funny, McGee. <laughs>
3: I thought it was highly amusing. In a sad sort of way.
4: <laughs> Just the same, I want to meet some movie stars. Now, when do we call on Mr. Arnold? Oh,
3: well, we can't go tonight. I read in one of the gossip columns that he's throwing a party this evening.
4: Oh, fine. Mm-hmm. You can tear up your letter of introduction and write us an invitation to the party, huh? Oh,
3: that's a good idea. Well, listen to this. Dear Fibber and Molly.
4: That's fairly friendly. Yeah, I thought so.
3: Well, Eddie said he's real democratical.
4: Mm-hmm. Dear
3: Fibber and Molly, some of my friends are going to drop in to dinner tonight. I write like lightning. And I would like very much for you two, two, two
4: Well, ain't he the one, one, one?
3: Sincerely yours, Edward Arnold P... what's... O-S, yes yeah. Please excuse the pencil hmm.
4: Well, now, wasn't that nice of Mr. Arnold? I wonder how he knew we were in town
3: now, never mind that now. We've got to hurry up and get dressed.
4: That's right, dearie. He was nice enough to invite us, and the least we can do is be on time. Okay.
3: Do, uh, I have to got to put on a clean shirt?
4: Have you got a clean shirt? No. Then you don't have to put one on. <laughs> Say, did you read uh, who else is going to be at the party, McGee? Yeah, hand me my necktie.
3: Yeah, Gary Cooper's going to be there.
4: He is? Mm-hmm. Why, he's my favorite actor. Well, what about me? How should I know who your favorite actor is? <laughs>
3: Well, it's Joan Bennett, and she's going to be there, too. And so is my favorite singer, Francis Langford.
4: Oh, that's fine. Say, how does this new hat look, dearie? Really? Swell. Well, I'm all ready. Does my slip show?
3: Yes, but it won't if you put your dress on.
4: What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: The table look
6: now, Edward? Oh, no, it looks fine, Joan. You know, I'm sorry to have to impose on you like this, but of all times, when I'm giving a party, my butler and cook walk out on me.
1: Why'd they leave?
6: They didn't like my last picture. But I've called an employment agency, and they're sending a couple over as soon as they can.
1: Fine, let's check the seating arrangement.
6: All right, now let me see. Mm, sits there, mm, mm, there and there. Mm, Gary Cooper sits there, Francis Langford in that chair. And you in that chair. Well,
1: that leaves only three empty chairs.
6: Well, don't worry. I'll squeeze in somehow.
1: <laughs>
6: now, there's the doorbell.
1: Let me answer it. I want to learn how in case my help doesn't like my next picture. Hello. 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 Well, if it isn't Gary Cooper and Francis Langford, come right in. Come in.
2: Hello, kid.
1: Hello, Eddie. Hello,
2: Eddie. Say, I hope we're not late, Eddie. You see, Frances offered me a ride over, and when we got to a lonely spot, she pulled over to the side of the road and stopped and... Said there was something wrong with the ignition. Well, it could happen, couldn't it? Not to us. We were riding on our horse.
7: <laughs> but wasn't it romantic, Gary? Just we two on my little cow pony, cantering through the hills in the moonlight.
2: Yeah, but I wish uh, I wish you'd got a taller horse. Why? Well, I had to run all the way.
8: <laughs>
2: I hear you bought our new horse, Coop. Well, he wasn't new. I bought him from Bing Crosby. He's uh, holding an end-of-the-season sale.
1: How old is he, Gary?
2: Oh, I don't know. He, he's pretty venerable. In fact, he's so old and respected every time he passes the judges' stand. The judges' stand. Well, is he as bad as all that?
7: He's so swayback back, he looks like a capital M.
2: Well, he's a little bent. But when he runs in a race, they put high heels on his shoes to keep his stomach from scraping the ground. Well, at least he has a place to rest his stomach.
8: <laughs> he must be a lot of
1: trouble, Gary. When you put a saddle on him, how do you buckle a strap under his stomach?
2: Why just stand him over a hole? (laughs) Uh, There's
6: the doorbell again. Pardon me a minute. That must be the new butler and maid.
4: Hi, bud.
3: Uh, My name is Arnold. Well,
4: look, Arnold, is that... Oh! Are you Mr. Edward Arnold?
3: That's right. Well, I'm glad to know you, Eddie. I want you to meet my wife, Molly.
4: How do you do, I'm sure.
3: Uh, How do you do, uh, would you now mind... look, Eddie. I got a letter here that will explain who we are and what we do. Oh, from.
6: that isn't necessary at all. I've been expecting you. You're as welcome as the flowers in January, as they say in California. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so come in, won't you? Come in.
4: Oh, thank you, Mr. Arnold. No, oh, McGee, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, suppose we come back some other time. Oh,
6: no, no, no. I'm not letting you nice people get away from me that easily. You're too hard to get. You hear that, Molly?
3: That's the way to play it out here. Hard to get. Are you sure you want us to stay, Ed? I most certainly do. At least for the party. Particularly for the
4: party. Oh, isn't that nice.
3: Okay, bud. We'll make ourselves right at home, then, if that's the way you want it. Come on, Molly.
4: We'll go right in. Uh, just,
6: a... just a moment. Just a moment. Uh, would you mind uh, going around to the back door?
4: Huh? <laughs> You're a rascal, Mr. Arnold. <laughs> you just want to surprise your other guests. Come on, McGee. Hey,
3: well, just follow me. I'll show you the way. He most likely hears our show, Molly, and wants us to see the kitchen linoleum. <laughs>
4: That
3: must be it. <laughs> Here we are is this, the this, this door.
4: Heavenly days, what a beautiful kitchen. must have cost your prudence penny. Uh...
3: <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm glad you like it. You're going to see a lot of it uh, from now on. <laughs> I'll say we are, Ed. It's like I always says: all good parties wind up in the kitchen.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> is that what I always say, Mike?
4: Yeah, your conversation is divided between that and uh, it's a small world, isn't it?
3: Now let
6: me show you around.
4: Say, he must think we're pretty important people to want to show us around. We're practically
6: in pictures right now. Think
4: so? He knows
6: class when he sees it. Now here's the broom closet. Broom closet? Yes, let me show you inside. (laughs) Got to straighten out that closet some of these days.
8: (laughs)
4: Here's
6: something you'll be wild about. Feast your eyes on this egg beater.
4: Huh? Well, what's so remarkable oh, about Oh, I know egg- what you're thinking, but
6: this isn't the only egg beater. Here's another and another, and we have three more. Nice big ones, too. And wait a minute, I want to show you something over here. Hey,
3: Molly.
8: What,
3: dear? I've heard of guys collecting stamps and coins, but can you imagine a big manly guy like him collecting egg beaters?
4: <laughs> well, maybe the poor lad didn't have enough eggs when he was a child.
3: He looks to me like he'd had plenty of everything when he was a child.
8: <laughs> and here is a
6: portable oven-roaster. Nice, isn't it? And there's the refrigerator, twenty-four cubic feet. And the silverware is in this drawer, and the glassware's over here. Pots and pans in the lower shelves there. The vegetable bin is here, and that's the bread box.
4: So if he charges us forty cents for this tour, I'm not going to pay it. <laughs>
3: you worry about us, Eddie. We'll find anything we want. Ah, splendid.
6: That's the spirit. Now, as soon as you're ready, I want you to come out to the party. You'll find your uniforms in the closet.
4: <laughs> uniforms? Did he say uniforms? Sure, don't you get it, McGee? It's a masquerade party. Oh, oh this ought to be fun. <laughs> I'll
3: say so. Ah, oh, great guy, that Arnold. How many hosts would have thought of having a couple of spare costumes handy like this? Well, come on, let's get into them and join the gang. Boy, what a time we're have! Now wait a minute,
6: wait a minute. Everything is going to be all right. The couple, of the employment agency sent over, just arrived, and they will be out just as soon as they get in their uniforms. So let's start the party off with a song, only as Francis Langford can sing it. Will you, Francis? Okay. Fine, I'll give you a little introduction. Ladies and gentlemen. Don't
1: be such a big ham. Sit down and let Francis sing.
6: Oh, well, I. Oh. Okay, Frances, go ahead. <laughs>
7: on the ground and not a soul inside I'm walking by the river cause I'm meeting someone there tonight I hear a distant sound I see a far off light. I'm meeting someone there
8: tonight.
7: The murmuring waters say there's no time
8: to delay,
7: so hurry on your way, my friend. If you don't get there soon, there may not be a moon to guide you to that
8: path
7: the end. There's dew upon on the ground And love a so inside I'm walking by the river Cause I'm meeting someone there
8: tonight
7: I hear a distant sound I see a far-off light. I'm meeting someone there to die. The murmuring waters say there's no time to delay, so hurry on your way, my friend. If you don't
5: Francis Langford. And folks, that brings us right up to intermission time here in the Gulf Theater. We've lots more fun in store for you in just a moment. So meanwhile, why not sit back and listen to a brief but interesting word about a woman's prerogative?
0: You know, they say it's the woman's prerogative to always change her mind. And for that reason, instead of talking about old man winter, I think we ought to say old lady winter, because believe me, winter is certainly the most changeable of all seasons. One day it's freezing cold, another day it rains, then perhaps it snows, and then, when you least expect it, along comes a balmy day that might very well have been left over from last spring. Now, changeable weather like that not only makes it tough for the weatherman, but it can really play hob with your automobile performance, unless you use a motor oil and a gasoline that will give you top performance in cold and warm spells alike. And by that I mean Gulf Pride motor oil and Gulf No-Knox gasoline. Because Gulf Pride motor oil flows freely when your motor is stone cold and gives top-notch protection after it's warmed up. Gulf No-Knox is the same way. No-Knox fires in a flash on chilly mornings and gives that smooth, quiet power plus plenty of mileage when you're on the road. That's why, with so much changeable weather ahead, it pays to get Gulf No-Knox gasoline and Gulf Pride motor oil at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc.
5: pick up Fibber McGee and Molly again in the kitchen of Edward Arnold's home, where Arnold is entertaining Joan Bennett, Gary Cooper, Francis Langford, and a host of others. Fibber and Molly think they're guests at the party, but Edward Arnold has mistaken them for the couple sent over by the employment agency. Hey,
3: you look pretty cute in that maid uniform, Molly. How am I as a butler?
4: Well, for a masquerade, I guess you're all right. But if you worked for me in that outfit, huh? I wouldn't let you serve dinner out of a bucket in the 17th floor of an uncompleted skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
3: never forget the last masquerade we went to. <laughs> you danced around for two hours with a suit of armor before you found out there was nobody in it.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I knew after the first three minutes, but it was nice to dance with somebody who didn't talk all the time. <laughs>
3: well, come on, let's join the party. Ah, there you are, folks. I want you to meet a very nice couple. The name is Fipper McGee and Molly. Uh, here, McGee, uh, uh, take this tray of cocktails. What? I say, take this tray of cocktails. Oh, shucks, Ed. I, I can't drink all those by myself. <laughs> I'm not much of a drinker. Well, know. I, I mean, pass them around. Huh? Oh, oh, sure. Why not? And you, Molly, you take
6: this tray of canopies, huh?
4: Well, thanks, Mr. Arnold, but I'll just take this uh, top one with the anchovies. Take
3: on. the tray and pass it around.
4: What? Let's
3: get the idea, Molly. He wants us to pass the stuff around so we can get acquainted with the guests.
4: Well, <laughs> isn't he the tactful one, though?
3: Have a cocktail, Bud? Thank you. Say, you're Gary Cooper, aren't you? Yes, I'm Gary Cooper. Are you disappointed? No, no, not exactly But the last time I saw you in a picture You were much taller
4: Oh, no, McGee, you were sitting way over on the side
3: (laughs) Maybe that's what it was But I sure like the way you ride a horse, Coop I like that one trick especially Where you lean over and pick up your hat You know, Molly and I do a trick just like that Is is Molly a horsewoman? Oh, no, I'm the one that gets up on the horse Then at galloping speed, I lean over and pick up my hat Then what does Molly do?
1: I pick up McGee. (laughs) I beg your pardon, but may I have one of these cocktails?
3: I certainly, sis.
1: I'll take this one.
3: Yeah, that that looks a little strong. Uh, Let me taste it first. Oh, that's all right. Here you are. Uh,
1: Never mind, I'll take this tall drink. But I'd like to get the cherry out of the glass first.
3: Well, I'd be glad to do it for you, Miss Bennett, but I don't think my fingers are long enough. (laughs) You got a pencil?
6: Now, McGee, come over here. Uh,
3: Okay. Uh, What you want, Eddie, old pal? Uh, I'll pass the rest of the cocktails around. You bring the food out of the kitchen. Oh, that's all right, Eddie. I don't mind passing the tray around. (laughs) You bring the food out of the kitchen. What?
4: And you better make some more canopies, Mr. Arnold. My tray is empty.
3: What, the whole tray?
4: Yes, and they were mighty good, too. Oh,
3: McGee. That it's slipped right out of my hands. Quick, Eddie, get a mop. What? To see if you can find an extra one. I'd be glad to mop up the floor with you. Oh, yeah? And how would you like to have me mop up the floor with you?
4: Say, listen. What's the difference who mops up the floor with who as long as the floor gets clean?
6: Now, never mind, never mind. Now, get in the kitchen
3: and bring out some food.
4: What was that?
3: Now, wait a minute, (laughs) Cy.
7: Don't
3: get yourself all huffy. You can't order me around like a lowly manual.
4: No, you mean menu, McGee. He means menu.
3: Well, then what's manual mean?
4: It's a name in Portuguese.
3: Oh, ho, so he's calling me names in Portuguese,
4: is he? <laughs> now, look here, Arnold. You look
6: here. If you don't get out in that
4: kitchen, don't I'll show you. Don't use
6: your camera. Well, I know, but he's got no
4: right to. Well, remember about. what a time you had getting this couple. Like it, now, listen here. If you want us to go out in the kitchen and get some food, say please.
2: Say, for heaven's sake, Eddie, say please and let them bring in some food. I'm starved. You heard what Coop said. Now you're a
6: hard man, McGee.
8: <laughs>
6: <laughs> all right, all right, please, pretty please, would you please retreat to the culinary cubicle and reconnoiter around
3: for some edibles?
4: <laughs> well, that's better. <laughs> well, as long as you put it that way,
3: Eddie, I'll I'll go you on better. I'll even go out in the kitchen and rustle up some grub. <laughs> white meat, now a little dark meat, now a little white meat, now a little dark meat.
1: Hey, is that a chicken or a zebra?
3: (laughs) It's a chicken, sis. Molly cooked it. She cooked that spaghetti, too. McGee, are you sure you can carve? Can I carve? Why? Mama was known all over Peoria as Whittler's mother.
1: (laughs) (laughs) McGee, that leg you just hacked off looks like part of the wishbone.
3: Can I help it if this old hen is (laughs) bow-legged? How about a little chicken, Coop?
1: Uh,
8: well,
3: I'll, I'll have a modicum. A uh, what? A modicum. <laughs> I'm sorry, Coop. They only come one to a chicken.
4: <laughs> Besides,
3: you've got to watch your figure if you ever expect to get anywhere in pictures.
4: Say, incidentally, we just saw that new picture of yours, Mr. Cooper, and it was wonderful.
3: Thanks. Say, uh, do you enjoy making that... Uh, did you enjoy making that John Doe? Yes, and I enjoyed baking that dough, John.
1: <laughs> Excuse me, McGee, but can I have the wishbone?
3: Sure thing, Joan, but I warn you, there's no meat on it
1: Oh, that's all right, Now I'll have one piece of spaghetti
3: Just the wishbone and one piece of spaghetti? Are you on a diet?
1: No, I want to make a slingshot <laughs>
2: Well, never mind the spaghetti, Joan If you want something really elastic, just try a slice of that chicken
4: Ah, <laughs> oh, my, you folks have a wonderful sense of humor <laughs> Hey,
2: wait a minute, it's gone What, your sense of humor? No, my wallet. Your wallet? Yes, my wallet's missing. Why, that's ridiculous. Nobody here would take your
6: wallet. We're all friends. Joan Bennett wouldn't take it. Francis Langford wouldn't take it. Roger wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take it. Uh-uh. McGee. You call me, bud? Where is Mr. Cooper's wallet? You can search me. That's just what we intend to do.
4: Oh, now, wait a
3: minute. You're, you're making a big mistake, Eddie. Molly and I wouldn't do such a thing like Sit that. Sit down, McGee. You too, Molly.
4: Now, if this is a third degree... Quiet. Okay, bud.
3: All right, Gary,
6: you question them. And I'll stand next to you and keep smoking cigarette after cigarette, you know, like they do in the movies.
8: <laughs>
6: okay.
2: All right, McGee, we got you dead to rights, so you might as well confess. Return the wallet. Pay your debt to society, and then maybe you'll be guided back to the straight and narrow and honest way of living. Okay, Eddie, you can stop blowing that cigarette smoke. Why, are they weakening? No, but it's choking me to death.
1: <laughs> Let me handle this. Now, McGee, where were you two on the night of January 14th? At home. Uh-huh. And where were you on the night of February 20th? We were at home. Uh Uh-huh. And on the night of March 6th? At home. You folks don't go out much, do you?
2: Hey, uh, may I ask a question? Shoot, cowboy.
4: Oh, no, no. He meant go ahead and ask the (laughs) question. Oh.
2: Oh, excuse me. Well, look. uh, Who is Rex St. Cyr? (laughs) Oh, Joan, you better take over.
1: Okay, Inspector. Uh, Eddie. Now, McGee. I want to ask you and Molly a few simple questions. Oh, you go right ahead, Miss Bennett.
3: Uh, what'll we get if we answer them right?
4: Then we'll vindicate you. McGee's been vindicated twice. Once for smallpox and once for measles. <laughs> are you ready for the questions, McGee?
3: Sure. Shoot the query to me, dearie.
1: Very well. These are easy questions. It's designed to relax your mind. Now then, what are three and three? Six. Correct. Four and four?
3: Eight. Eight.
1: Now watch out for this one. Here comes the sixty-four-dollar question. How much is five and five? Eleven. Eleven. Absolutely right. You're not really a butler and maid, are you? Of Of course course not. not. I did it. I did it. I threw them off their guard.
6: Our master stroke, John. That was as good as a confession. So, you posed as a butler and maid to gain admittance. You mingled among us, and then when the opportunity arose, you dipped your fingers into Mr. Cooper's pocket and lifted his wallet.
2: It's all clear to me now, Eddie. I reenacted every move, and I know just where the wallet is. Good.
6: The wallet is the last piece of evidence we
2: need, Gary. Where is it? In my other suit. (laughs) So,
3: Mr. Rhymes. You accused me and Molly of stealing, of being imposters, of trickling you. I'm I, I'm sorry, McGee,
6: very sorry. I not only apologize to you and Molly, but I want to offer the both of you a
3: year's contract. Hot dog. Yes. Molly, at last, we're going to be a success in Hollywood.
4: How much do we get?
3: Uh, $80 a month. What? Eighty dollars a month to act in pictures? No, to be my butler and maid. What? Oh, now wait a minute, there, Arnold. You can't do this to us. Eighty-five. The
4: idea, inviting us in here to a party and then offering us jobs as butler and maid. Ninety.
3: Holding us up to ridicule in front of your fine friends.
4: And a miserable ninety-five dollars a month. Why, I never heard it. So Remember,
3: today. that's with room and board. Huh? It yeah. is. Well, why didn't you say so? Well,
4: that's different. We'll take it. Get the dustpan out. It's in the room closet. <laughs>
5: From that enthusiastic applause, it sounds as though our audience here in the Gulf Theater really enjoyed the show. And you can be sure that our stars enjoyed bringing it to you because this is the star's own program where they always donate their performances. And Gulf, in return gives generously to the Motion Picture Relief Fund to help build a home for the workers in the film industry who can no longer provide for themselves. Next week, we've cooked up a special dish for you when the Gulf Screen Guild Theater will present an adaptation of that delightfully mad motion picture hit, My Love Came Back. The ingredients, Olivia de Havilland, Robert Young, and Charles Winninger. Mix them all together and you've got one of the funniest comedy romances of the year. The story of a girl violinist who gets herself romantically tangled up with the president of a music company and his business manager and his own son. So make a date with the Gulf Screen Guild Theater next Sunday. Don't miss Olivia de Havilland, Robert Young, and Charles Winninger in My Love Came Back. The music, of course, will be by Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra with Frank Tours conducting. Until then... This is Roger Pryor speaking for your neighborhood good golf dealer and saying, good night, everyone. River McGee and Molly are heard regularly every
0: Tuesday evening. Joan Bennett is now working at Columbia on She Knew All the Answers. Gary Cooper and Edward Arnold will soon be seen in Frank Capra's Meet John Doe. Frances Langford is now appearing in RKO's Too Many Girls. Don't forget a real treat from the Gulf Theater next week. Olivia de Havilland, Robert Young, and Charles Winninger in My Love Came Back. Be sure to listen.